Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast, and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches to dietitians to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please Follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I am here with uh, Janelle Green. She is a relationship and marriage coach. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, you know, person and guest speaker for today. And we dive deep into the nuances of relationships and marriage and she you know shares with us her personal journey her relationship journey and how that has culminated into the work that she does and that's taking on marriage clients from all walks of life and she guides them on a step-by-step process um, to be able to enhance their relationship and connection between the two. And it's a wonderful episode. I think you're going to get a lot of wisdom and pearls and nuggets from this. So please join us and I'll see you in the episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. And thank you so much for joining here with us. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu. And you could have been anywhere in the world and you've decided to spend a few moments with us. And I am gratefully appreciative. Um, Gratefully, that's redundant, isn't it? Um, So I have a lovely, lovely guest for today. Um, I am looking forward to this session. And we're going to talk all about relationships, marriage, something that uh, everyone can relate to. Um, Unless you know, we're just a, a hermit in the woods. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, well, we do talk about self-care. So, uh, so my, uh, my next guest, um, her name is Janelle Green, and uh, she is a relationship and marriage coach, and she is on a mission to save marriages and heal families to bring more love to the world. And, um, you know, she has very, uh, lots of accolades, um, a lot of hats that she wears, but her overall goal is to unite these concepts, uh, these entities, uh, these groups of people, as well as our individuals, um, to bring us closer to ourselves, to be of better service of, to each other. And that's in regards with, uh, connections, relationships and marriage. So without further ado, please welcome Janelle Green. Hello. Hello. That was such a great intro. Thank you. <laughs> we have to, you know, do something on the fly for a second. So, I love um, it. but, um, yes, thank you so much. Um, we were talking a little bit, you know, outside, uh, offline a little bit. And I know that, uh, you are currently on vacation. So number one, thank you so much for taking a time out, you know, to spend a few moments, you know, with us where, where are you originally from and where are you currently calling from? Yeah, well, I'm originally from just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And that's about, for those of you that don't know the West Coast well, that's about 20 minutes uh, just north of Seattle, or from the border, sorry, the U.S. border. And I'm about 20 minutes from the, from the Pacific Ocean. So mm. I'm in a very beautiful location. And right now I'm in wine country, which is about five hours uh, northeast from Vancouver. Um, mm. So there's about 200 wineries uh, where I am, and I'm actually staying at a spa resort 
for my 10 year wedding anniversary mm-hmm. with my incredible husband who I asked to leave for an hour so that I could do this podcast, but we are here just taking some downtime. You know, it's being an entrepreneur is, uh, you don't get a lot of breaks. And so it's been nice to be here. We've been here for about, we're actually going home tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it's been a nice, I, I've probably been spending about four hours at the spa every single day since I got here and sleeping, catching up on my sleep. So it's been great. And I'm Good. happy to be here. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about, you know, self-care, um, you know, just right off the mm. bat, what is your go-to, you know, favorite mode of self-care for yourself when you do have, oh. you know, that time as a, as a physician entrepreneur yeah. myself, you know, I totally agree with the fact that we don't get a lot of downtime because you're hustling. Um, you know, you're just trying to do all the different things that, you know, you want to put your love and passion into, right? So you don't really mm-hmm. get that time. And when you do, you just soak it in. So what is your favorite mode of uh, self-care? Oh, I probably have, I would say three or four. Uh, one of them is definitely music. I'm a singer and I'm a musician. Mm. So I think I love listening to Christian rock. Um, sometimes when I feel uncertain about my direction, um, or I'm just experiencing a little bit of heartbreak, you know, this line of work can get really sad and heartbreaking sometimes listening to people's stories, especially when I know I can't help them and it's too Mm. late. Um, So getting connected to my spirit and, you know, why I do what I do. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Um, (laughs) We love it. We love it. We love all kinds of emotions here. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, I I find like, I think one of the struggles I have is not getting sucked into the the drama of it all because it can be very heavy sometimes. Which is why, you know, life coach. I also do the life coaching piece to kind of balance that out. But to your question, yeah, I, I, I sing, I play the piano, um, I do yoga, mm. love yoga. I've been really getting into breath work lately and just really getting into my body because I think, you know, we spend so much time here thinking, comparing, mm-hmm. contemplating, worrying, anxiety. Um, and I think just getting back into our body and just remembering mm. like this, right? Mm-hmm. And this. Mm-hmm. Um, is really important in those times when life just starts to sort of take us down this dark hole that sometimes we have a really hard time getting out of. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And I think just being with people that that love you, right? People that mm-hmm. that that inspire you. Um, being with my husband, being with my dog, um, with family, I think is really really important. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, those are very, very important uh, parts to connect. And, you know, in a way, they kind of um, when you do them well enough, um, you know, I don't know if you agree or not, but if you do them well enough, that actually do help you be of better service uh, to your clients, you know, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You know, you got to make sure that your your take yourself, your self care tank is full, because then you don't actually have anything to give other people. And I think a lot of, especially women, you know, we're so great at giving, but we're not great at receiving. Mm -hmm. And that's what's required for us to continue doing what we do. And it's not even just about the doing, it's who are we being when we're doing the things that we do? Because if we're not doing it from a place of love, rather from a place of obligation, it doesn't feel good, Mm -hmm. right? And then we run out of gas and then we burn out and then we're no good to anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would even go a, a step further, you know, as opposed to coming from a place of love. Um, you know, a lot of people operate from, you know, fear, 
you know, obligation, guilt, um, shame, anger, resentment. I kind of feel like they all, you know, stem from the same tree that is fear, right? Um, and yes, we can go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you know, that's perfect you said that because, you know, I tell people, I don't think that hatred is what is the opposite of fear. I mean, of love. I think fear is the opposite of love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. hatred is from fear. Mm-hmm. We really think about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I could definitely see that. It's uh it's it's a branch off of, you know, that gigantic root, you know what I'm saying? So uh yeah. so before we go deeper, I would love to orient the audience um in terms of the origin story, right? So you're not a therapist, you're a coach, and you go into these, you know big, big areas that is relationships and marriage, something that all human beings, you know, on this planet can relate to. What motivated you, you know, to go down that pathway? You know, did you wake up one day? Like what, what was the, (laughs) what was the mile markers along your life that said like, Hey, I want to do this professionally, you know, possibly for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, if you met me five years ago, who I was, was a six-figure earner, selling software, getting free trips. I want a free trip to Bermuda. I want a free trip to Rome. Like, I was living an amazing life. But there was just something missing. And it felt like a rumble in my soul. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put my finger on it, but I knew it was there. And so I spent about a year really just kind of checking that out. And uh, so happened that I got headhunted from a company that I was really happy at, like a mm-hmm. comfy, cozy. I got headhunted uh, into a new company that was offering me significantly more amount of money. And going into this new company was not a great move. I mean, it was a great move because it pushed me into becoming a coach and where I am now, but it was not a great experience. Mm. And that, mm. that, restlessness got even louder and stronger. And I really started to feel like a fake. Like, Mm. why am I even here? I'm here because of the paycheck. I'm not here because I love this job. I'm not here because I care about what I do. I'm doing it because I said yes, and I need money to pay bills. But Mm. I just thought how, like, wow, how inauthentic is that? And also, knowing who I am and the capacity and the ability to love that I have, I really got that I was not using a hundred percent of the God-given gifts I was given. I was using like five percent. And I kind of pictured, you know, this was kind of around my 40th birthday. And I was kind of, you know, I was picturing the end of my life. And you know, I'm Catholic. So you know I'm 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 picturing myself the end of my life standing at the pearly gates of heaven. And 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 uh Saint Peter says to me, Janelle, what did you do with your life? And that got me really thinking like what would I say? And what would be my legacy that I would leave on this planet? And I really got that being a great salesperson was not how I wanted to leave this earth. Mm. And, so I, and so I took, I quit. I just woke up one morning. I said to my husband, babe, I'm quitting. And he's like, uh, <laughs> are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just so unhappy. And so I went on about a six month sabbatical and I just checked out and just really focused on figuring out who do I actually want to be if I mm-hmm. could redo my life again, or even just thinking about the end result, like who would I want to be remembered as? And I wanted mm-hmm. to be remembered as someone who made a difference for mm-hmm. people in the realm of just life. And then, so I went on my own personal journey to create everything that I wanted. 
And one mm-hmm. of the things that, you know, you guys don't know about me is that, you know, I've also gone through divorce. Mm. And so I'm really looking at all of these life experiences that I've had. And I, and I ask myself, how can I take everything that I've ever gone through in my life and serve people? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that did happen to me, which was actually a, a, you know, a big piece of why I do what I do, when I was nine, my mom or my dad cheated on my mom with my mom's best friend who lived in our basement. And they had a baby. And mm. he left. And I remember standing, you know, in the window, watching my dad go down the stairs and into this car that I didn't recognize. And realize the thought that, that went through my mind was, I can't trust anybody. Mm. And I'm not lovable. Because if I was lovable, my dad wouldn't be leaving right now. Because I was a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And I also made up that um, men, I can't trust men. And so as I was going through my divorce and really just trying to figure out what I needed to change within myself, I realized that that old story with my dad was showing up again. And it was showing up in the relationships and the men that I was choosing and the relationships I chose to be in. And also the type of behavior and treatment that I was okay with because Mm -hmm. I didn't think I deserved to have the great guy. I thought I had to Mm -hmm. settle. And so it's been, you know, it's been a 20 year journey. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and then as far as the, re- the relationship coaching piece, you know, so here I, I got my certification and I'm like, okay, I'm like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to, who do I want to help? And someone asked me, what is it that people come to you for just naturally? What is the question mm-hmm. that everybody wants to know? I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's easy. People want to know how do I have that kind of relationship? Meaning my relationship mm-hmm. with being my husband. So I decided that, you know, oh my goodness, if I could talk about that all day, all night, that would be amazing. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really about bringing hope, accountability, and empowerment to people in their relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there is a lot to (laughs) comment and unpack (laughs) in there. (laughs) I know, I I, I love it. I love it. And um, so what really resonated with me was how you were um, able to take that point in your life being that, you know, your childhood, uh, watching your dad go down the steps, going into a car that you d- didn't recognize, uh, witnessing, you know, an affair, leaving you and your mom, um, and then taking that kind of trauma, that narrative, that story, um, and then using that to kind of you know, unlearn certain, you know, behavior, uh, you know, patterns or, you know, unlearn certain, you know, talks and to kind of not just, you know, use that to, you know, and you can probably elaborate, you know, to apply that to your current relationship, but also to kind of, you know, help your clients and stuff. I guess my question is, you know, leading from that is, you know, were these light bulb moments and realizations and the fact that you decided to do this more professionally, did this happen? you know, but, um, during the first marriage or did this happen like more so in the second marriage? The realizations happened in the first marriage. Well, (laughs) okay, let me take a, take a step back. So what it kind of the flipping point for me was that, you know, my husband and my ex and I were, you know, not doing great. And we got introduced to this, this course called the landmark forum. And it was really about, you know, changing your mindset and really getting responsible and empowerment, you know, self-development stuff. And I thought, and I poked my ex and I said, you need to go do this. We need to go and fix, we need to go and fix you. Cause I had it. 
but it was yeah, his yeah, fault yeah. that we weren't having the spirit relationship. Yeah, like I'm fine. And you're 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 yeah, something was, wrong with yeah. you. <laughs> and this is what all my clients come to me with. They're like, "What do you mean I have to take responsibility? But I'm not the problem. There are the problems." So you know, I go into this course, and I the light bulb starts to go off. I'm like, "Wow, I actually haven't taken responsibility for this relationship." You know, I had certain expectations about how this marriage should go. And because it wasn't going that way, I was just killing off any love and intimacy and connection with this man. Because I'm like, you're all wrong. You know, we need to fix you. And it just, it wasn't great. And so at the end of it, at the end of the course, I really got that, you know what? You are actually really great just the way you are. Mm. And I'm so sorry that I've been blaming you and judging you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You're great the way you are. There's nothing wrong. And it's not what I want. And so instead of this divorce being this crazy, tumultuous, dramatic thing, yeah. which definitely would have gone that way, mm-hmm. we ended up going to the divorce course or to the law course together. We signed the papers together. We even went out for dinner afterwards. Mm-hmm. We had no lawyers. I think our divorce costed like $80. Oh my God, are you serious? Um, yeah, well, we didn't have property. We didn't have kids yet. You know, we had been only married about two or three years at this point. Okay. So it was, you know, as long as we weren't fighting over anything, it was like a simple, just like, yep, sign the papers, done. And we went out for dinner and then he dropped me off at my house. You know, I turned to him, I gave him a kiss on the cheek and I said, good luck. And that was it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, even more to unpack there. I mean, that to me, like most people, when they think of divorce, um, you know, I've, uh, you know, uh, you know, knocking on wood have not, you know, witnessed a, a divorce, um, you know, in terms of my own parents, uh, know plenty of people, um, you know, that are the children of divorce and know how it affects them. Right. I don't think mm-hmm. it's anyone's wish to witness or go through a divorce, um, you know, themselves, or even just go through a really, really bad, you know, breakup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, things to it. And, you know, I'm not the relationship or marriage coach here. Um, but I, I guess, you know, as you were coming out of that, was there communication, you know, between you and your first husband in terms of like, you know, because because before you went on to that landmark forum or, you know, this um, this retreat, I'm just going to call it a retreat, sure. you know, and then you had certain expectations. Right. So did these expectations of how you thought the relationship and marriage would work, was that communicated to your partner at the time? I'd like to say yes. But Mm -hmm. I think who I am now and who I was back then is so different, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think thinking about my clients now, we, especially women, we have this, like, you should men, men, you should know, be able, you should be able to read our minds. (laughs) Right. So I don't recall, I think I said, I think a lot of women think that we were, we, we communicate it, but it's more in our heads and we're not actually, it's not actually coming out of our mouth. And not only that, but a lot of times when we communicate how we feel, if we don't come at it at a, in a particular way, the other person can't hear it because mm-hmm. they're so busy defending themselves, mm-hmm. like emotionally, mm-hmm. from being rejected. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that's a lot of what these couples deal with is that they're like, yeah, but I said it. It's like, yeah, but how did you say it? Did you come mm-hmm. from a place of blame? Because if mm-hmm. you did, I'm, I guarantee you all they heard was that you don't love me. I'm not good enough. I'm being rejected. I'm being abandoned. You know, like they can't actually hear what's being said. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> <clears throat> so for your current um, partner, ha- um, you know, obviously it's a brand new person. Uh, different life path they've led, um, yeah. different relationship experiences, or maybe they come from a previous, you know, marriage. So obviously, there's there those variables, right? But in terms yeah. of you, you're the common denominator between your past marriage and your current marriage, right? So yeah. my question to you is, you know, what is? Um, and I promise we're gonna go more <laughs> into you coaching clients, but this is important, oh, no, right? Okay. You know, this is so good, important. Um, you know, what has been different that you brought uh, from the old, you know, previous marriage, what mm. you've learned in the in between mm. to, you know, like to to sh- to reflect what has been different for this current marriage that you're in? Yeah. Well, let me just, there's, a, there's so many layers to this. The first thing I would say is, you know, looking back, I think I got married for the wrong reasons. You know, mm. being Filipino there's a lot of pressure to get married early. And, you know, my mom had me at 24. And I remember being 24 and going, oh my gosh, like TikTok's got to get married, you know? And, you know, here comes this man who like promised me the world and the white picket fence. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get another chance at this. And again, remember at that time, my mind was like, I'm no good. Nobody loves me. I don't know if I'll ever find love. And so I thought, well, you know, I might as well take this offer because I don't know if I'm ever going to get an offer ever again, (laughs) you know? Um, And I had this sort of mentality that I can fix this. I can work with this. I just need to change this to change this, (laughs) right? Um, Going into my second marriage, I got very clear for myself what it is I wanted and why. Whereas I feel like the first time around, it was more like a checklist. Does he have a good job? Is he good looking? Um, are the parents, you know, nice? There was just this very superficial kind of checklist that I had. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the second time around, I got really clear about what, what about my parents' relationship when things were great that I wanted for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also want to add that my parents actually got back together again. Mm. So after four years, after my dad left uh, to live with his other family, he came back. He got sick. He got diagnosed with double renal failure and was put on a, a transplant list. And because he couldn't work, his girlfriend or whatever you want to call her, baby mama, mm-hmm. kicked him out. Mm-hmm. And so he came back to my mom, who's a nurse, mm-hmm. and said, I'm dying. Will you take me back? Will you take care of me? I have no mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, yes, under the condition that we never talk about this again. And they agreed and she stuck to her word. She never brought it up again. She loved him as though nothing changed or nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And he was, my, my dad ended up being a better father, a better f- husband, mm-hmm. he went to church every single day, mm. um, got a transplant. We got to be together for another 13 years before he passed away. And it'll be 20 years uh, next month that he's been passed away, mm. but it's such a beautiful miracle, you know? And, and that's what I want to bring to couples is saying like, if you think there's hope, if you want this bad enough, you can have it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you have to overcome. If you mm-hmm. love each other enough and you're committed enough, anything is possible. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I haven't heard too many stories like that. That's almost like a comeback story, right? Where, you know, you would think that divorce is such a finite or final thing, right? And, um, you know, you imagine that people don't talk to one another, you know, ever again. Um, you know, the relationship has been severed and, you know, um, and, 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 and people are spiteful, they're resentful, kids grow, grow up or they're miserable, they're just angry. And yet, yeah. you know, for your s- s- uh, specific situation, wow, it kind of turned around, it benefited the entire family unit. I don't know whether you had, um, you know, you have siblings or not, but it just benefited mm-hmm. the entire family unit. And wow, you gained so many more years while he was alive as a you know, cohesive year, uh, unit. And it just kind of shows you that life in its, you know, mystery and complexity is very, very gray and nothing is ever black and white. And what a beautiful comeback story. Um, you know, after Thank he you. passed, you know, like what I'm curious to know, like what, you know, what your mom really thought, because you said that she didn't want to bring this up again. Right. But um, and I don't know how close you are with your mom, but like, Very what close. what were her thoughts like afterwards in terms of like the second half of her relationship with your dad? Like, was she, did she held, held any grudges or anger at the time or? Absolutely nothing. It was like, I forgive you. Can we just move on together and just love each other now? It was that simple. And so, you know, I deal with a lot of couples who are dealing with infidelity. And the question that often I get is, how can I forgive? I want to, and I can't. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you can, and there's just something in the way. There's mm-hmm. something that you're not complete with. Maybe what you need is a, like a real apology or real like ownership. But we can have, what, again, it's all in our minds. It's whether we can or we can't, it, we're right about it. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. what we decide for ourselves. And Mm-hmm. My mom is a very, you know, religious and God-fearing woman. And this, here's, a, here's a strange thing. And, you know, I don't want to get too, like, into it. But the strange thing was their relationship was so great up until that moment. And there's some different ideas about how that happened. Like, how did it go from really, really great to really, really bad to really, really great? Because it wasn't, you know, most couples, it's kind of the slow decline, right? Mm. And then that's when the cheating happens because they've gone so many years not not doing well. But it wasn't like that for my parents. Um, what mm. was what was said to me was that she drugged him. I don't know how true that is, but I feel like knowing who my dad was, and my dad absolutely adored my mom. Like she was the queen of the house. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. She was the smart one. She was the, you know, she, she, she was the alpha. And my, my dad was just like, I love you. Just tell me what to do. And so to, to think that he did something like that, it just, it doesn't quite make sense. But again, you know, when I ask my mom about it, I think she's, that's kind of what she says to me, but I know this kind of sounds weird, but it, it was, it was not a usual like breakup affair, come back. It was a very unique situation. But I mean, mm. at the end of the day, we all, came out of it really great um so like i said he's been passed away 20 years and then i met my first husband two months later after my dad passed away mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh man, we can we can go on forever. Um so 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 kind of, you know, segueing to um the coaching aspect, you know, one of the you know, biggest questions that people ask themselves nowadays is, you know, what do I what 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 do I need to do be um you know, to really have the right person show up for them, right? Um or another way to kind of frame this would what would what what prevents people from finding the right person, right? We live in a very noisy, distractful world. You know, um, I was born before the information social media age. Um, and so like being in person and connecting with people was the most beautiful thing. And I'm actually glad that I had those experiences growing up to be able to connect with people in that manner before all this, before the pandemic, before we became so technic technology you know connected but more Mm -hmm. in person disconnected if you will you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely what do you think nowadays that you know as you're coaching clients like you know what do you what do you see as a common themes uh common theme or themes that prevents people from finding the right person for them i personally think that we are so afraid to be authentic We try to be someone we're not, or we try to protect ourselves. And I think being vulnerable and being authentic are two things that we are so afraid of, but yet is the key to finding connection and that juicy, gooey, passionate, like all the things that make life just so worth living for. But we're so so afraid of rejection that we're not even willing to open our heart, to take the risk. Because, yeah, you know what? Love and loss go hand in hand. And we're so afraid of loss that we're not even willing to experience. You know, I, I, I think about entrepreneurship in the same way. You know, yeah, sure, I could live in my, in my little hole, in my, you know, six-figure job and just keep doing what I'm doing. But where's the joy? Where's the life? Where's the adventure in that? So mm-hmm. here I am on this crazy-ass roller coaster that does like loop the loops and I'm screaming, I'm crying. I'm like, why did I even get on this ride sometime? Hey guys, we're gonna be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. This video is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, AKA The Chef Doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something, something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now, and I remember in my personal experiences uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process, and learning about life was also a process and a practice, and that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice. For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, 
little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash TheChefDoc, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Thrive Bite listeners, get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash TheChefDoc, T-H-E-C-H-E-F-D-O-C. Thank you for listening, guys, and back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. That's what life is about, is for me anyway, is that experience of life. I don't want to die being like I've never loved. I've never felt what it's like to be so soul-bearing to someone. And they can see right into my soul and they're like, you know what? You're perfect just the way you are. Even if you don't think so, I do. Mm. And so, you know, my husband, the way he looks at me, I don't get it. (laughs) Personally, he looks at me like I'm, you know, but I really get it's not about this skin bag that I'm in. It's not about that. It's really he connects to who I am deep down. And it's up to me to open that up and allow him in. But I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, so many of us, if we've experienced heartbreak, whether it's from our parents and watching them, or we've experienced our own heartbreak, we then make decisions about, no, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to be that vulnerable. I'm never going to let anyone hurt me. And it's just so sad because we miss out on so much when we are so guarded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And um, I see this a lot in, you know, professionals, like high level professionals where so many things are demanded. You know, I'm in the health and wellness industry, I'm in the healthcare industry. And, um, you know, just seeing all these, uh, you know, these high level people, you know, just uh, unable to kind of, in a way, just emote, be human, you know, tap into their humanity. Um, you know, be being able to feel and go through the roller coaster rides of emotions, and you know, um, and I'm also, you know, I know a bunch of colleagues in these high level positions that are also, you know, single, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so, and uh, you would think that someone making six figures, you know, great, great status in life has all the 
material, tangible things have a lot of things going for them. And yet they feel, you know, um, just out of the control, you know, where they don't have this control that, you know, how come I can't find this connection and how come I can't connect with someone. Right. And it goes back to what you're saying that at the end of the day, you know, I find this to be true in my own personal journey um, that has led me to, you know, uh, I guess practice and allows me to express and create in my professional journey that I had to connect with myself. I had to dig deep. I had to go through a lot of heartbreak. I had to, you know, be hurt a lot of times, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had to witness other people, you know, I'm also an empath. I'm a Pisces, you know, I just feel a lot of stuff, you know? Um, and I allow myself, you know, it's not easy being a male in this society where, you know, gender norms, gender norms could be an entirely different topic, but you know, it's sometimes it's hard for men, you know, to open up, to emote and be vulnerable. Like you said, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, society doesn't allow them to. So. Absolutely. I, you know, I love working with men. I, and I think it's because I've worked with men for so much of my life that I just, I get them. I get them. And I find myself defending men a lot, (laughs) you know, and women always go, well, that's not an excuse. I was like, well, it's not an excuse. And we, I think what's missing in this world, there's so much what you just said that was so juicy. I want to say two things. I think acceptance is so important. Not only acceptance with our partner and loving them just the way they are, but really it starts with us accepting who we are, accepting our, our humanity, accepting that we're not perfect. Because when we can do that, then we have so much more space and empathy and compassion for other people. And so oftentimes when people say to me, well, I can't accept my partner just the way they are. My first question is, okay, so what is it over here that you need to do work on for yourself? Mm, Where is mm. it that you haven't accepted yourself? And then mm. the tears come. Mm. And I think a lot of it has, <laughs> yeah. and I think a lot of it comes from control. We so badly, you know, talking about executives and, you know, these high achievers who are so great at business and they, they have the cars and the house and everything. And yet there's this part in their heart that's missing. It's because they, this, this thing called money or success, they can control it. They feel like they feel powerful. They feel like they're in the driver's seat. But when it comes to relationships that are volatile at best and you're dealing with another human being who's got their own stuff going on, mm-hmm. you can't control that. And so we want to stay over here where we can control and try to avoid that. And that's why people who have you know, relationship issues tend to throw themselves into work when this mm-hmm. isn't working. Mm-hmm. But it just makes things worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because work is something that they can control, you know, right. and they've learned that they can't control another person, even though, you know, going back to what you're saying, like, I want, I want, you know, them to fix you. I want, but, you know, that's just, that's <laughs> control speaking at the yes. end of the day. Right. Yes. Um, and what's interesting when you said that, um, you know, like how come, you know, the, you know, the, the male or this person can't do X, Y, and Z. And then you said, you know, well, what is it about, you know, yourself that you disagree on or you're not happy with, right? Maybe it's a question they haven't really asked themselves. And I find that for the most part, it's really not them talking. It's actually, you know, growing up, 
their parents have laid down some judgments or expectations, um, their community, school, cultural, you know, things, you know, that come into play. Um, do you unpack, you know, those, uh, those items with them? Absolutely. So yeah, you know, talking a little bit about my work, you know, one of the things I do, what I do is actually quite unique. You know, first of all, you know, relationship coaching is a fairly new thing, you know, counseling and therapy has been around for a long time. But you know, coaching has only been available to the public for just the last, I don't know, 10, maybe 20 years. Um, but one of the unique things that I do is not only I come, I combine life coaching with relationship coaching. So I don't just address the relationship issues that they deal with. I start with the human being. Because one of the things I find is a lot of couples who are unhappy, it's because they're not happy with their own life. They hate their mm -hmm. job. They have no self-care regimen. They don't have quality time for each other. And so when we can start to really fill their own personal love tank, if you want to call that, mm -hmm. then when mm -hmm. we go to do the relationship stuff, they're a lot more e well-equipped. To, mm. to take on the stuff around response around the relationship. And of course it's all around communication, but I find that just dealing with the communication or sorry, just dealing with the relationship is only the symptom. Mm -hmm. It's not the mm -hmm. actual cause and reason mm -hmm. why they're having the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say if it starts with the individual, then that could mean a whole bunch of stuff, right? That could yeah. mean like, you know, therapy. That could mean, yeah. you know, all different kinds of self-care regimens. That could mean... Mommy, daddy issues. Mommy, daddy issues that yes. ultimately needs time. It needs time. It needs processing. Um, and I would argue, you know, it also needs some time to be single um, as well and, and not being with another person. Because I'm sure you've had clients where they are serial monogamers. They just jump from one person to another person to another person. And they've actually haven't had time to be by themselves. And I think there's a lot of value um, you know, to be by yourself, you know, for a period of time, right? Um, mm -hmm. Some people are, are okay with that. Some people aren't. I've seen in every single way. I personally have found tremendous value with being in solitude, um, you know, mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is, you know, not actively dating, not actively being in a relationship, um, things like that, and just being, you know, on your own. And um, at first, you know, you know, you could experience, you know, periods of loneliness, but, you know, for myself, um, you know, I was able to travel around the world, um, humbly speaking, and I realized how important solitude was. I realized how important just being by myself um, is just tremendous value uh, for me. And, I, and for me, it brought a better version of myself to whoever that person is that I'm yes. dating or going to meet, et cetera, et cetera. And this doesn't even have to be romantically. This could be applied towards platonic work relationships, you know, business relationships, any, any kind of relationship um, at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point because I think oftentimes when we go into relationships, we lose ourselves. If we don't have a strong basis and a, a strong relationship with who we are, it's so easy to get caught up or, you know, you know, when people say things like, oh, they made me feel, you know, they, they, they made me toxic or they, you know, they kind of put the, re the responsibility over with other people. Mm -hmm. But if you are good with who you are and you know what you're willing to, 
put up, I don't want to say put up with, but what you, what your standards are, what your expectations are, you can communicate that to people in a loving way and create boundaries so that you don't put yourself in these situations where you end up in a really unhealthy, toxic, lonely relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And I think also is like making sure that your energy is right. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. we're so, you know, when we're single, we're so needy. It's like, I just want to be loved. And someone (laughs) needs to feel, someone needs to make me happy. But it's like, no, you got to make yourself happy. And that energy that you put on in the world, that will attract the right person who says, wow, Mm -hmm. who is that? that has an amazing energy. And then mm. you can choose whether or not you want to bring them in or not. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, you know, my, I, I guess one of the questions, you know, that I had is, you know, for people that are, are single that go through that, you know, I just want to be love or how come no one's with me and stuff like that. Do you say to them like, Hey, you know, obviously everyone's going to be an individual, um, you know, answer, but do you say to them like, Hey, you know, we need the time and the process and the space to kind of show up in love and care for yourself first before you start attracting, you know, that, you know, is, is there like, quote unquote, a set of like homework or action steps or prescription, so to speak, you know, for them to kind of go through that or they or, or, you know, do you just kind of work with them in terms of like, okay, let's uh, find you Mr. Or miss, you know, X, Y, and Z and start working. Like where, how do you deal with a single person? Yeah. Well, first I don't deal with single people. I only deal with married people. However, my best friend is single. And so we're always having this conversation. I think the first place I would start is what are your goals? What is it that you want for yourself and your life? Money, health, all of that. Because when you can have all those pieces in an integrity, right, then you can be really integrous with who you are. You're like your values and your beliefs. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't really think about what their values and beliefs are. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I'm a big, I'm a big journaler. I like making lists. I like getting clarity on like, okay, what is it that I want? Where do I see is, is in the way of that? How do I get support with that? And then, you know, again, like what are the beliefs and values that I have? So that, you know, whether it's a friend, like a colleague, or it's a romantic partner you're trying to attract, you are clear about who you are and who, you're, who you want in your life mm-hmm. and who you don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think being clear, um, being in alignment, um, really resonated with me and, and, and it's true because, you know, there's different types of, um, you know, I would say pillars, you know, you know, people when they're younger, um, they have, you know, career goals, um, you know, profession goals, school goals, right. You're starting off, you know, um, you know, with different things. And being alignment is such key because if you, in a way, energetically speaking, to me, it's like if you don't have certain things aligned uh, that you deem as priority, then you kind of, you know, if you do get in a relationship, it almost seems like you'll be, you know, kind of lacking certain energies that you're going to try to try to get from that relationship, right? And it's kind of you know, misdirected, sort of speak. So is that what you meant about being in alignment uh, with, you know, with certain aspects of your life? Yeah, absolutely. 
Awesome. Um, being that your, you know, your, your audience is more marriage and, you know, obviously this could be a very long episode, but a lot of people, you know, a common thing is missing the spark, you know, in a very long-term, you know, relationship or marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're on your 10, you're on your 10 year, you know, anniversary, right. How, you know, to me, I, you know, I have never been married, so I can't really speak on it. But a lot of things that I hear about is consistency, right? You're with the okay. same person day in and day out, right? For weeks, months, years, and for some people, decades, right? So in some way, shape, or form, I kind of feel like consistency, you know, is important in some way, shape, or, 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 or fashion, um, you can agree or disagree, but you know, um, what is, what needs to be maintained in order for that spark to kind of continue or if, is that spark the same or does it change into a different spark later on? <laughs> There's so many layers to this. So, you know, the one thing I would say is a lot of it is mindset, right? I think really, I think sometimes we, especially because we don't, we aren't great at communicating for the most part. You know, we start to make up stories or sometimes, you know, one of the one of the uh, partners will shut down what we call stonewall or go through an emotional flooding where they just kind of emotionally shut down. And then the other person starts to make up what's, what's actually happening. They're like, oh, they don't love me anymore. Oh, they're rejecting me or they, you know, these just these things. And we just start to get caught up in all the um, the worry and the paranoia. And what we don't realize is whatever the other, your partner is going on emotionally has nothing to do with you. And I think we, oftentimes we make it our job to fix mm. the other person. Oh, they're in pain. Oh, I got to go save them. No, 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 mm. no. You don't. You just got to be their best friend. You just got to listen and be like, oh man, that sucks. I'm so sorry that you had a bad day today. I'm sorry that that person yelled at you. I'm sorry you're tired whatever that is. But I think oftentimes we go, well, what do you want me to do about it? Why mm. is it my fault? Why are you yelling mm. at me? When really this person just really just wants to be heard. And this is, you know, before we'd say, oh, this is women. But I think men just as much want to feel heard and valued and appreciated and just acknowledged. And, and, and for someone to say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay that you don't feel 100% today. It's okay that you're emotional. I gotcha. Mm. Everything's going to be fine. I think mm. that's what's missing for a lot of people. As far as consistency, absolutely. Me and my husband, so we've been together 15 years in total. And everything that we did since day one are the exact same things that we do today. We mm. still text each other, I love you, when we're not together. We still say, I love you, at least three times before we go to bed. We still dance around the kitchen and be silly. We still, you know, make date night happen. We still have the same amount. Actually, we have more sex now, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> but it's always like, I think, you know, talking about my first marriage, that was what was missing, to be honest, was the consistency. It was almost mm. like as soon as we got married, it was almost like he said, I'm done. Check mark, got married. And then everything mm. just fell away. Mm. And so everything that there I was no I was keeping getting, up with it. There was no keeping up with it. Not at all. It was like I was married to a, I was married to someone that I didn't know. And it was very mm. devastating because I thought I knew who I was marrying. And it was just kind of like it was the flyer. I was I was I was 
in love with the, the idea, the concept, yeah, the concept and the promises, but not the person who was actually willing to do the things that I felt I needed um, from a relationship. And I think another thing is communication. Communication, mm-hmm. communication is so, yeah. so important. And the problem with this, the, the epidemic I see is that people think that they communicate well and they actually don't. And they mm-hmm. go, oh, I can communicate. I can be honest. I said, well, that's not communication. That's talking. That's not communicating. (laughs) If you're interrupting, right? If you're interrupting, if you're judging, if you're comparing, if you're getting defensive, if you're reacting, that is not communication. You're like shut down. You're not actually with the other person. Mm. And this is something that I teach every single of my clients. And that's why I get them the results so quickly because they realize that there's nothing wrong with the relationship. They just don't have the skills and society hasn't taught us how to listen to one another to understand. We've only been taught to listen, to respond. Mm -hmm. Active, active listening. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the domination game. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's good? Who's bad? Add that all up. No wonder our divorce rates are what is that? So that's why I'm so passionate about this work. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't I don't see it as a tug of war, in my opinion, I, I, I see it as when I was growing up, one of my favorite, you know, days of the year was field day. And that was, you know, at the end of the year, it's a giant, you know, obstacle course, and your class just participates, that was field day. And uh, one of my favorite, you know, games growing up, and this is an analogy I'm going to apply is the potato sack game, where, you know, you and your partner, you both have one leg into a potato sack, and you try to figure out how to walk across a field, you know, together. So to me, it's almost like instead of a tug of war, which is also another game, um, you know, it's the potato sack game, right? Um, Where you figure out how to work with your partner, you realize that you can't do it by yourself, you have to do with the other person. And, you know, how do I take my individual nuances? How do I take him or hers individual nuances? um, And, you know, bring us to the opposite you know, side, you know, which is not to say that we're supposed to, you know, go to a finish line, but you you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like, I like to call it pleasure Island or love Island, right? Like to the, to the place where you want, whatever that destination looks like. And for most people, people just want to be happy. People just Mm -hmm. want partnership. People want a best friend that they can have and experience life with the ups, all the ups and downs. Mm -hmm. That's what Mm -hmm. we want. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. Because life, you know, pandemic has definitely showed us, you know, it's a crazy journey. Life is precious, um, very fragile. And, you know, relationships, you know, we we talk a lot about food and nutrition on this podcast. But, you know, I've said it many times is that relationships, um, you know, that is backed by science that, you know, it is the biggest predictor of health and longevity. So it's super, super important that we get our relationships, you know, um, right. Um, And so... I want to close this out. We can go on forever. You have a very poignant, you have a very poignant uh, statement on your website. And I think this is a good way to kind of end this is I am responsible for the condition of my relationship and for my behavior, quote, end quote. What does that mean? And, you know, what does that mean? And how, how is, how can we use that? to better learn things for ourselves and better learn um, and apply that for the relationship. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I'd like to start by just, you know, clarifying what I mean. The definition of responsibility is the ability to respond. So when we're in a place of disempowerment or blame or victimhood or complaining, right? It's all kind of the same bowl of wax. There's nothing we can do about it because we have it that the problem is outside of us, that we don't Mm -hmm. have power, that it's over there with the other person. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. when we can be responsible and say, yeah, you know what? There was something that I've done to upset my partner, and which is why they're they're shutting down. What Mm -hmm. could, what have I done or what could I do to impact the situation so that we can get back on track rather Mm -hmm. than leaving it to the other person and being, well, you know, our relationship is the way it is because you did that or you didn't do that. And here mm-hmm. I am being oh, holy and mighty. And my, where I, you know, what I like to point to is that, you know, sure, we can think that way, right? We can think that the problem is out there and a lot of people do that. And then what they do is they get divorced and they move on to the next relationship. But, you know, at the end of the day, if we can't take responsibility for ourselves, and how we've impacted people. For example, sorry, just jumping here. It's like building a fire, right? It's like you need to, you need, there needs to be gasoline. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. We need a flamethrower. We need like lots of wood. We need more forest fires. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, it's like the, the gun, that, that gun analogy, right? Like the, the gun itself isn't dangerous. It's when you put bullets in it and there's someone that needs to fire it. And so oftentimes people go, well, it's the, the gun is the problem. Well, no, it's not. And oftentimes people don't want to take responsibility for having the gun, for shooting it. They're just, it's, it's the gun's problem. Does that make sense? <laughs> so, so, so in terms of, in terms of applying, in terms of applying it to the relationship <laughs> aspect, um, it's, it's the user at the end of the day. Yeah. Are you you're, you're trying to say it's a user, right? Well, it's if if our if our if our partner is upset and if we'd said something to upset our partner, we need to take responsibility for us upsetting the partner. Cuz mm-hmm. all we want to focus on is why are you upset with me? Mm. And why are you acting that way? It's like, "Hold on. Let's take a step back. What did I say?" Mm-hmm. And where where do I need to apologize? Where do I need to take responsibility? And sometimes, like, I think one of the great things that me and my husband do really well is we're really great at taking responsibility, even when it's not even ours to take. But it really mm-hmm. just adds to the power of our relationship moving forward because we're both in it to win it without trying to take credit for it. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, it kind of, um, again, I think of it as like, instead of the the ping pong match between each other or the tug of war, where it's almost like you have two different individuals trying to make it work as opposed to both partners looking at it as a unit and say, you know, you know, whether it's your fault or my fault, let's just move on. Let's let, let's figure out how we can solve the problem together and continue to move on. That's what it sounds like to me, you know, because it's it, it's more conducive. It's more productive at the end of the day. It's less heartache. Yeah. It's less time wasted, you know, in terms of, you know, he said she, sh- you know, the blame game. Right. Yeah. Um, because I don't think anyone wins at the end of the day, because as much as let's just say, you know, you're not wrong but you're blaming someone else at the end of the day, I, I feel that, you know, you're still suffering at the end of the day because 
I mean, finger pointing, it's, there's no fun in finger pointing, you know, I think there's yeah. more fun in problem solving, you know, as a group, you know, as a, as yeah. a team. Yeah. Pride and ego is so dangerous <laughs> when it comes to relationships. I, I, you know, I, I actually ran into a friend of mine who'd been married uh, for, I think, 10 years and I hadn't seen her for 10 years. And when I saw her and she told me that she'd gotten divorced and I said, I'm just curious. Why? And she, that's the two words she said to me, pride and ego. And mm. I think that's kind of what you're pointing at is sometimes we would rather not look bad than actually own up to our stuff. Mm. We don't ever want to admit we're wrong. We don't ever want to admit that, you know, we're human and make mistakes. We just mm -hmm. want to point the finger. And, you know, I think apology and, and forgiveness is so important. And it's something that we don't talk about enough is mm -hmm. that, you know, is that, we do need to ask for forgiveness. And it's not just a, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, really? Like, I'm so sorry that I let you down. I said I was going to go do that thing and I didn't do it. And now mm. you're disappointed in me. And now there's this impact on you. Mm -hmm. And really just that power of like being vulnerable, opening your heart and saying, listen, I messed up. And mm. I got that I hurt you. And I'm so sorry. Versus, mm -hmm. well, I said I was sorry. What, do you, what more do you want from me? Right. That's not actually taking responsibility. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of people are afraid because here's the thing. When you ask for forgiveness, it's scary because when you say, will you forgive me, which sometimes is what's required, there's a chance of rejection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. people won't even ask for forgiveness when sometimes that's all it takes for someone to finally trust you again. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's back to, back which, to being vulnerable again, which mm -hmm. circles back to your uh, mom and dad. So, <laughs> um, so we'll close it right there. We can go forever. Um, so I love this conversation. Um, thank you so much for spending the time out of your vacation. I don't want to take any more of your time, but if people are interested and curious and want to learn more, um, you know, want to see how they can schedule an appointment, have you as their coach, et cetera, where can they go? Right. So right now I have uh, my website is www.saveourmarriage.ca. Um, I, I also do life coaching as well, but that's the website that I have right now. So they can just reach out to me from that from that site. Okay. Okay. Great. And we'll have a uh, we'll have it on the show notes uh, when it airs. So uh, thank you so much. You know, again, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a wonderful conversation. Um, I'm glad that we hit a lot of uh, you know big points for people. And uh, yes, please enjoy the rest. And uh, thank you so much. So thank you for showing up and doing what you do. Thank you, Colin. I appreciate you, and I thank you so much for this great conversation. I really hope that it was helpful to your your listeners. And that's somewhat some uh, that they get something out of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I and I'm very grateful, and I know that they will as well. So, um, guys, thank you so much for watching another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And until then, please say goodbye to Janelle. <laughs> 
Hey guys, thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again. And we will see you on the next one.